0: Hello and welcome to Living Embodied, reclaiming our body as safe, sacred, and sovereign space. This is a podcast where we explore mental health and well-being through nurturing the mind-body connection. My name is Sydney Bell. I'm a social worker and psychotherapist with a passion for holding spaces for people, doing the work of healing shame and coming into relationships of peace, trust, and respect with their bodies and themselves. I'm coming to you from British Columbia, Canada, where I'm privileged to make my home in the Okanagan Valley. This is the traditional and unceded territory of the Okanagan Silix people. I can also share that I am a white, cisgendered, fat woman on an ongoing learning journey of how to be a good human, living peacefully in an increasingly chaotic world. I live and work with people from a body positive and weight neutral perspective, which, among other things, means this podcast is a diet talk and body shaming free zone. For more information about me and my practice, you'll find links in the description. I offer this podcast as a space for us all to seek to understand more deeply the role our body plays in our mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Through conversations with guests and sharing my own reflections in this podcast, we will explore what it means to feel at home in our body and experience living life from the inside out. We will set our intention to reclaim our wise body as a friend and an ally. I invite you to join me in this quest to understand and experience what it means to live an embodied life. In our living and body journey together in 2023, the theme for January has been nature. I've been spending time this past month reflecting on the relationship between the natural world and our general well-being, including our relationship with our body. I tend to agree with articles and research that suggest taking time to spend in and connect with nature has a positive effect on our relationship with our body. When we spend time in open and green spaces, we open ourselves to feeling more relaxed and our stress levels lower. This can help us to feel more peaceful in our body. In nature, we are likely to pay less attention to our electronic devices, offering a break from social media and the messages that can keep us trapped in the socially constructed beauty ideals that we find in most of the content we consume. Instead, the diversity we encounter in the natural world reminds us that we might Those things we might think of as imperfections or differences are normal and in fact have a beauty and are something to be celebrated. I have stood humbled and comforted many times before the massive oak or willow trees, seeing the beauty in the gnarled wood, the broken branches and fallen leaves, their solid and steady physical presence assuring me that I too am part of the natural world and I'm entitled to take up space. Connecting with the natural world gifts us with an engagement of our senses, the opportunity for joyful movement of our body and relaxing our nervous system. All of these things help us to experience embodiment to be fully present and relaxed in our body. Yes, it is important to be in nature and to deepen our healing and connection further. We can remember and reclaim that we are of nature. Many hundreds of years ago, a fellow named René Descartes famously declared, I think, therefore I am. A philosophy in which, among other things, the mind and body are understood to be separate from each other. This view of ourselves and how we are in the world was generally accepted and has hugely influenced how we relate to our body. I've come to think of this era in our history as the time of the great disconnect. Many factors, including Descartes' dualistic philosophy, led to all that is thought of as holy and good becoming associated with the mind and rational thought and a God way up in heaven. In Western cultures, the reverence for the body, the earth, and our emotional experiences were lost or forgotten. All that was associated with the earth, including our bodies, became vilified and distrusted. I believe to heal our relationship with our body, we must be willing to reclaim what was lost with the separation of mind and body, of spirit and nature. We must remember and reclaim the reality that we are nature, that we are of the earth, The invitation here is to engage with the natural world, not only as an experience that can help slow us down, to become mindful and perhaps even experience wonder, but also as an opportunity to remember we are part of nature. We are more than just visitors to the sea, the land and skyscapes that we gaze upon. These places are sacred spaces we can be in relationship with. Once we remember we are of nature, we can more easily, I believe, reclaim trust in our bodies and relax into them as spaces of safety and healing. We can breathe, we can take up space because we remember that our bodies are safe sacred and sovereign spaces. To help us explore our relationship to nature more deeply, I'm delighted to have a conversation with the Purple Goddess to share with you. Purple Goddess is a woman I've known many years. We worked together in the late 90s at a women's healing organization in Saskatoon that supported adult survivors of child sexual abuse called Tamara's House. It's fair to say that my time at Tamara's House had a huge impact on me and shaped my ideas around healing and social work practice. Purple Goddess was a significant part of that experience. My spiritual journey was also influenced by meeting and working with her as she was one of the first people I met in real life that was practicing a goddess-based spirituality which at that time I was starting to explore. So I'm thrilled she agreed to come and chat with me and pleased to share that conversation with all of you. After our chat, stay tuned for a reading of The Charge of the Goddess, a famous poem and incantation frequently associated with the work of Doreen Valiente. This is a version Purple Goddess adapted from Starhawk found in her book, The Spiral Dance. But first, let's meet and chat with Purple Goddess herself. Well, welcome back, and I am really excited to um, be welcoming you into a conversation with Purple Goddess, who is here with me. And... um, this is a woman I've known for many years, and um really have come, well, no, I think uh, admiration has been there for many years. But in particular, um I'm admiring now um is the work that she is doing, holding space for um, connecting with the feminine divine in such um, I think it's just a beautiful and positive way to heal our relationship with our body and live an embodied life. So i welcoming you, Purple Goddess, to our conversation here. Really uh, wonderful to see you over the airwaves. And um, so I wonder if, you know, I feel like I know you a little bit, but could we introduce you to the people who are listening if you'd want to tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Well, first of all,
1: thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. It feels like a great honor to uh, have a conversation about the divine feminine, which is something mm-hmm. I'm really, as you know, passionate about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I talk to people a lot about when they get to a certain age, rather than talking about retirement,
2: mm-hmm.
0: use
1: the phrase re
0: Refirement.
1: Refirement. How are you going to refire that. your life after your career as a social worker or teacher right. or banker or whatever? Right. And, and as you know, I had a long history of being a social worker in the non-profit mm-hmm. sector. Mm-hmm. And uh really learned a lot, mostly working in the area of violence against women. Mm-hmm. And uh Parallel to that, just always being interested in spirituality and learning, I think, from my social work life, the value of the circle. Like when you work in the not-for-profit sector, um, my work was facilitating groups. Mm -hmm. And so all that time when I was listening to women talk about their life in the context of a sharing circle right I thought one day i'm going to be not retired i'm going to refire my life and i want to still be working in circle with women mm-hmm. only the focus is going to be not on how we survived or they survived terrible life traumas but how mm-hmm. are we going to thrive in our life mm. So, it's from kind of victim survivor to thriver
0: right Right.
1: So when I had uh, turned a certain age, I had a croning ceremony and refired mm-hmm. my life as Purple Goddess and created this little company called Purple Goddess Enterprises.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I've just been having the time of my life um, working with women around the divine feminine, helping women find a spiritual practice, holding circles, working with things like the tarot and journaling and mm-hmm. um, I'm in my early 70s now and just feel so positive about life as a crone as a juicy crone mm-hmm. and uh you know it's um it's just been a, a very interesting journey and I love having a business where I can also support and watch other women grow and thrive.
0: It's a really exciting retirement absolutely and um and part of that refinement, you talked about Purple Goddess Enterprises, and you know the, um, you know the the focus that you're bringing into your into your work in the world, and part of that has been a book which will I'm sure hopefully touch on quite a bit, but called uh, Sophia's Return. And in your book, you talk about um, spirituality and the feminine divine, and how it can support women in taking our power back. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit more what you what you mean by that. What is that about taking our power back?
1: Well, I've, in my book, I basically tell uh, my story of growing up in a, in the Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was all very lovely. I came from a very kind of Christian family background. And one of the things that I learned when I was facilitating circles in the social work context was Mm -hmm. women would often check in and say, I'm a recovering uh, Catholic, I'm a recovering Lutheran, whatever. I'm kind of a recovering (laughs) Anglican. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that when you reflect on your longtime experience of going to church is just how the focus was all about God, the father, and I'm a baby boomer. So for me, church was very centered, male centric, Mm -hmm. God, the father, God, the son, and only the priest um, had the power to, Really commune with God, or if you were communing with God, you did that through a male priest, mm-hmm. and women were very much involved in the church, but they were doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Right, as a member of right. the altar guild, and we would go with there and polish the brass, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and other women were running the Sunday school,
2: yeah,
1: cooking of
0: all the food, <laughs>
1: cooking all the food, you know.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: it's um, somewhere along the line. uh you didn't see yourself in this story as a female. And uh, it wasn't until I went to a conference in my early 20s um, <clears throat> where I heard um, a presenter talk about Sophia. Mm. And he said, Sophia was the goddess of wisdom. Mm-hmm. and She was written out of the Old Testament. Yahweh and Sophia were, you know, equals. And somewhere along the line, somebody wrote out the story of Sophia right i remember sitting in the in my seat thinking why did i never hear about sophia mm-hmm. i've gone to church every day my whole life my family and all really faithful and no uh mention of you know the goddess sophia and the wisdom that she represented so um I think uh, for me, I began a journey after that conference and learning about Sophia. I thought, you know what? I'm going to learn everything I can about the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. Where else has this story been changed? Where Mm -hmm. has she been written out? And that's been a journey that I've been on, you know, many years now. And Mm -hmm. it's still not over. Like any Mm -hmm. book I can find and read about the goddess, the divine feminine, I buy it. And and it's empowering because all of a sudden... um, you know, the God force is, uh, you know, when you think about God, if you reframe things and say God the mother,
2: mm-hmm. God
1: the daughter, mm-hmm. all of a sudden God the mother has breasts. You know, mm-hmm. she has sexuality. Mm-hmm. She has a, you know, she has a body that you can relate to because, you know, it's right. similar to your body, right? Right. And, um, and you don't have to go to church to live a good life or go to heaven. You know, I talk in the book about, you know, there, I grew up with this three-decker universe, God above, earth right. in the middle, and, you know, heaven below. Mm-hmm. And if you're good, you go way up there. If you're bad, you go way down mm-hmm. there. And I think, you know, the divine feminine is just a much more comprehensive understanding of, you know, God, goddess is, is something in the here and now, and it's in the earth, and it's something mm-hmm. that's tangible, and it's... Uh, and you can celebrate it in your living room, right? You can have a circle and right. celebrate a uh, great spirit. You know? mm-hmm. and so that's why I it's... put this book together was to empower women to take spirituality into their hands and celebrate um, and celebrate, you know, and it, and it helps because as you mentioned earlier on, um on, well I mentioned earlier about women saying you know they were recovering catholic or lutheran yes. or whatever yeah. and it's not to slam these denominations but what women said was they just they they left for various reasons often abuse related but there was nothing to replace it
0: with right And then, but there is, there, like you say, she was, Sophia was perhaps edited out at some point, but that, that divine, um, that feminine understanding of the divine has been there for eons. And it's about uncovering and remembering and, and reclaiming that.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I can't help, but think of the you know, you, you talk about the, the ability to, you know, celebrate and, and connect with d- divine energy in our own home and our own spaces without the sort of having to pass through via a, a church or a male, a male represent, representative, right? That it's available just to us right here and right now. If, right. I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yes, yes.
1: and yeah. in, in my book, Sophia's Return, I talk about how to begin this practice. And for me, I began by creating a little altar in my home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't like the word altar, will just, you know, change it to a little sacred space. Right. I thought, you know, people go to church because there is all these, it is, there's an altar there and there are all mm-hmm. these religious artifacts so that you know you're in a holy place so for Mm -hmm. me I had to bring the holy place into my home right so I tell the story in the book about being really intentional about it and I just cleared off the top of my bookshelf and so what I say to women don't worry about where your altar is going to be right you know it can be on your bureau it can be anywhere your desk I did it on the top of a bookcase but I told my family over dinner I said now don't disturb me this weekend Because I'm going to be creating my sacred space, I think is the word I used.
2: Right. I said,
1: I need to really focus on it. And so um, I got a poster and I got, you know, some books. I was really working at it. And my stepson, I was having a sleepover that weekend. um, And I overheard him say to his little friend, Noah, Mm
2: -hmm. and they must
1: have been like six or seven, don't disturb my stepmother because she's creating her sacred space (laughs) that's
2: (laughs) wonderful
1: (laughs) That was just so adorable that the children they got it but they also got the message if you come into my office or whatever don't touch the sacred space right Right. that that's what it is that's what it looks like and we're and we're not gonna it's not something to play with but it's a really beautiful uh practice to begin with and um You can just begin by putting a, you know, a poster there, a card, a, um, you know, over the years, my altars or sacred spaces just become quite more elaborate, and I change it every season, but it Mm -hmm. is a way to have spirit in your home and something that you're connecting with.
0: Right, right. Sort of a focus point or a manifestation of things that have meaning to you and Help you make that connection. Now, I wonder if we could um, talk about the Celtic Wheel of the Year. And I was excited to, you know, talk about this with you because I, um, as you know, I'm, I'm my my theme in the month this month of January has been nature. Um, and I've been really, you know, thinking a lot and deeply about the role that um, nature plays in our mental well-being and in in our relationship with our body. And um, you've done, you know, you've done a lot of thinking and you've you've sort of put together a whole way of navigating the year based on um, the Celtic Wheel of the Year. So I wondered if you'd be willing to share a little bit about that with us.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I'm trying to remember where I first learned about the Celtic Wheel of the Year. and It might have been through Starhawk's book or a similar book. Right. spiral dance where she uh, was describing these <clears throat> eight festivals um throughout the year and so i think for for quite a few years and uh, you know two or three or four or five years i just um kept reading about the celtic wheel of the year so that i would become familiar with it it's mm-hmm. not something that i just grabbed really instantly right. um but it was a beautiful way to shift from when you grow up in the Christian church, or I was an Anglican, you know, your spiritual life revolved around Christmas, Epiphany, you know, Lent, Easter. Um, and there were certain kind of Christian festivals that you would follow, right? Right, right. And so the Celtic Wheel of the Year is a way to uh, follow through uh, 12 months but it's nature-based and it's it has mm-hmm. really ancient uh celtic roots right when people were living and connecting with the land so one of the great things that happened as a result of following the celtic learning about it first of all mm-hmm. learning to say the word in bulk i remember the first right. time you know seeing mm-hmm. that word and thinking what what the heck is that and uh you know, the equinoxes and the solstices, mm-hmm. you know, you have to learn about right. all these things, how they uh, how they are attached to the sun and the moon and the earth. Uh, but what was really beautiful was I shifted my life, uh, not only spiritually, but, you know, our commercial society takes us through the year in a very uh, capitalistic commercial way. Right.
0: Valentine's. Like, you know, right buy a card buy Buy
2: a card valentine's day and and then
1: you've got you know thanksgiving the real and christmas and easter and you know there are a number of things that and it's january to december
2: right and
1: when i started the spirituality circle and i tell the story in the book about you know moving to toronto and not knowing anybody and how am i going to find women to have a circle with and and right. how I was able to do that and how anybody can do that. You can mm-hmm. start, and the Bible says, you know, where two or three are gathered together, you can have a little community. And I think right. I started with three people. But um, we, as I shifted my, you know, way that I lived my life from the Roman calendar to the Celtic calendar, mm-hmm. I also was able to watch women in the circle do the same thing over, we met for 10 years this And, uh, and so it was the Celtic wheel of the year is basically from a goddess perspective there, and there are different ways of looking at it. And Mm so I have a particular orientation because I'm all passionate about the goddess, (laughs) um, throughout the, the year you've got maiden mother and crone energy, right you know, in bulk and, um, is the beginning in February of you know the crocuses coming up from the earth and mm-hmm. sort of our young maiden energy coming out and
2: right
1: um, so it's um, you know let's just say what they are there's Imbolc in February spring equinox
2: mm-hmm.
1: March and then Beltane is May you know mm-hmm. the maiden is really kind of lusty you know, the right. like lusty month it's- of May
0: <laughs> into and adolescence uh, sort of as. Yeah, yeah those hormones are,
2: those are, are burgeoning, there, you know, <laughs> in the fields, little mm-hmm. sexuality
1: happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Beltane—that's when you know the the maypole and the pole, sort of like the phallus, and the ribbon, right. sort of like the right. feminine. You're you know weaving all that sexuality together, the
2: and then beautiful there's dance.
1: beautiful dance, beautiful mm-hmm.
2: dance. You
1: know, the mm-hmm. first time I did a. Um, <laughs> a uh, Beltane ceremony in my house and I'm saying telling you these stories to encourage women to do these circles and not feel like they have to be perfect. Right. I, you know, live in a townhouse, right. you know, a little outdoor space but not enough to construct a maple. Right. So I got a Christmas tree stand and a broomstick. Right. And one right. of the other women attached ribbon at the top and we put it on my dining room table. And we all, you know, wove the maple together. My dog, you will remember, little Owen, who's no mm-hmm. longer with mm-hmm. watching. You know, these <laughs> women in downtown Toronto do right. the maple right. um, in your dining a Christmas room, Christmas tree stand, and a broomstick. But right. you know, that, right. we got the message. So that That's was right. That was belting. You can you can do to
2: these props however you want.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then Lammas is sort of moving into the mother energy, the harvest, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, mm-hmm. autumn equinox and Samhain is in um, end of October. Again, our commercialized capitalist society, that's, you know, Halloween. Yeah. Right. actually it's, it's uh, uh, you know, Samhain is something that predates Halloween. And then Yule or winter solstice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, two beautiful things happened when I learned about the Celtic Wheel of the Year. I learned it because I was really interested in connecting with spirituality that was connected to nature. Mm -hmm. I shifted my year in how I lived from, you know, Valentine's Day, Halloween, all that to something else different. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, gathering, having a ceremony eight times a year, you know, women would come and we would just each time we met was a different energy because it was a different part of the Celtic Wheel of the Year. And uh, we were able to support and love each other and grow,
0: um,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the context of that time of year. And it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. And we, you know, we could never, we could, we would always be you know, I would be sending a message out a couple of weeks before the next one saying the wheel of the, you know, the wheels turning again. And we'd right. all be just so ready right. for you know, the wheel turns and nature turns. Right? right.
0: Right. Yeah. It sounds like it is. Um. Yeah. Like, like you are saying, uh, offers beautiful opportunity to sort of be in connection and be in r- relationship with with people in a in a supportive setting that is um, pays attention to and responds to the natural world uh, yeah. around us, right, yeah. and sort of takes our cues from this is a time of rest and this is a time of perhaps more outward energetic focus, and um, which I, I think can be, yeah, just just support us in our in our day to day life, perhaps
1: yes I'm uh, mm-hmm. working with light and dark you know right, uh, right. the sun and the moon with these right. kind of energies the masculine right. and feminine energies and yeah. um it's uh it's a really beautiful way to get back connected to nature because yeah. you know we, we're just so stripped mind in the cities anyway mm-hmm. uh, from the natural rhythm of life and um this is just a really profound way to kind of uh, get back to some some roots there.
0: And I love your story about your maypole. Um, and to me, it's that, um, uh, that reminder, because sometimes, I mean, you know, there, we can get a little tripped up with um, all the beautiful tools and things that are out there and they're great. Like, you know, beautiful statuary or, um, I don't know, of course, my mind isn't, but you know, we can feel like if we don't have all the proper things, whatever the proper things are, then we can't engage in our spiritual practice. And it's really more about our intention that you know, we can almost we can work with what we have. And like you say, if what I have is a, a broomstick and a Christmas tree stand, Right, it's it's less about the thing and more about how we are relating with it.
1: Yes. Right. So, and each I love of that. Ceremonies has a different focus. You know, like right. in, infamous, in ancient times they made corn dollies from mm-hmm. corn husks. Mm-hmm. So you know that was an activity that we did one year. When right. Corn husks and made corn dollies, and in ancient times the children would make them with their parents and then they'd run out into the fields with these corn dollies that represented the mother goddess and said, right. and, and, you know, prayed for an abundant harvest, you know? And, uh, so some of these activities are really intergenerational as well. Yeah. And when I first started my circle, um, two, two of the women had daughters that were around the age of 12 and they said, can they come? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, they didn't come to all of them over the years, but but when they did come, it was really wonderful to have mm-hmm. a mix of generations. And you also have in a in circle I facilitated anyway, young maiden women, women in their mothering phase, and then mm-hmm. uh, that's the word, juicy crones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, just fostering such connection that supports you know passing on of teachings and learning from yes. one generation to the next okay. yeah mm-hmm. and as you know i have a particular interest and passion the the whole mind body connection and um especially how our spiritual path can support us in that and um which is you know a, a big, been a big push to me towards a uh, you know um, exploring a, a feminine divine spirituality but I, I'm curious how you um, might see a spiritual practice a how a spiritual practice especially one um, exploring the feminine divine or the goddess and how that can support us in living um, an embodied life or one that one where the mind and um when there's a positive mind-body connection, mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense. I kind of rambled. Oh, yes, there, no, but.
1: absolutely. And isn't it great that we're able to make that connection? And I think for me, it's it's making the mind-body connection, but also mind-body-spirit connection. Mm. And that's one, right. You that's you know, right. Putting all of those together. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, when I was growing up as part of the baby boom generation. Uh, you know, you went to church and you got dressed up. You were supposed to kind of mirror what the culture um, dictated, it, okay. you know, that it, right. what it was like, what it was about to be female, right? You, right. you need little dresses and shoes and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited now to see young parents like my nieces and nephews and my stepdaughter raising uh, girls and boy children now, in a way that's much more embodied.
2: Mm-hmm. You, know?
1: if you want to wear mm-hmm. the tutu to church? Go right ahead. Right. You know, right. <laughs> you know so there, there's a nice shift in our culture, I think, around embodiment, which mm-hmm. is really wonderful to see. But I think one of the things that I learned concurrently with the Wheel of the Year, and I'm still learning about it, is all about m- the moon and how the moon. Does- the moon and moonology
0: Ooh, okay yeah
1: and so the moon has a 28 day cycle okay right. women have a 28
2: day <laughs> cycle
1: right so i refer right. to you know teaching now uh, around the moon as the blood mysteries right right and this is definitely uh you know embodiment mind body spirit connection learning about mm-hmm. the moon so for a woman to follow the phases of the moon, you know, when the moon's a new crescent moon,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, the time to begin to new beginnings and then Mm -hmm. just watching the phases of the moon, right. Mm -hmm. Um, From the silver new moon to the waning moon to the full moon and how that ties into a woman's cycle Mm -hmm. is um, really fascinating. And as we begin to really encourage women to, line up with the teaching of the wisdom of the moon mm-hmm.
2: which is much
1: more we're much more embodied uh, yeah. than we were than my generation were you know yeah. we didn't even know i mean i was 12 and i was i was bleeding and i said to my yeah. mother you know i'm bleeding and she said oh well you've got your period you've, you know i didn't say anything to you because i didn't want you to be worried and so now we can teach women about you know when first nations do a beautiful job of this that your moon time mm-hmm. is a beautiful time
2: mm-hmm. uh, so
1: menstruation rather than being this this thing you don't talk about or you're mm-hmm. afraid of or mm-hmm. you, you know you, you don't like it because it hurts you mm-hmm. the awful you know we were really reframing all of that to um really claim the mystery of menstruation and pregnancy and all the beautiful things that a woman's body does um and i'm just saying some of that is you know learning about the phases of the moon and how our bodies are connected to that i
0: think so and i think um you know i also i'm maybe a tad younger than you but not that much and um it was it felt like later in my life when i was uh well i guess getting to be more in my 30s and 40s when i began to you know, beyond this spiritual path that was more earth-based and goddess-based and being able to kind of shift that relationship to something like my menstrual cycle, which was for me painful and, you know, draining. Um, but to begin to also recognize it as, 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 a as a time of power and, like you say, tying into those lunar energies, sometimes I can't help but wonder what would it have been like to for that to have been my, you know, my experience with that infused from the very, very beginning. Yes. Um,
1: well, and there's this whole movement you probably know about it um, as well—the Red Tent movement. Yeah, where, you know, women right. are going back to what they used to yeah. do in ancient yeah. cultures. You know, when they yeah. Are on their moon time, and you know, women right. I gather in a tent, and right. it's a time to kind of talk and support each yeah. other, and yeah, um, you know, kind of. So I think we're we're understanding the blood mysteries as something really sacred now.
2: Yes, and yeah. uh,
1: it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And you know, as they uncover all these statues, you know, Maria Gimbutas, this archaeologist, mm-hmm. beautiful books about mm-hmm. her. um Excavations and theories of pre Europe and uh, all these large, beautiful female bodies—you mm-hmm. um, know—it just—it's just a whole reframing of the the beauty of the female form and uh, and the goddess, you know—and yeah. um, that we've done such a terrible disservice in our culture. Mm-hmm around you know the thin culture it's just it's it's just a terrible disservice
2: yeah
0: i absolutely you know for sure i'm with you on that and again just i can't help but think of again the shift that we can begin to embrace when we know and see our our gender and our body shapes and differences are reflected to us in our images of of divinity, like, um, like the, like you're, you know, I think of the Venus of Willendorf, which I, I'm guessing yes. is, yes. you know, among those types of statuary, and we think, okay, you know, perhaps my body shape might, um, it's reflected there. That's
1: right. I see myself yeah. there. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 The body and, divine. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, can't only but I think help us to, to feel safe and uh, at home in, in the skin that we're in. So there, you talked in your book, and when I read um, this, I, I just felt a real um, uh, excitement, you talked about transcendence, and imminence. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind talking about that a, a little bit now. Um, kind of what what are what are those words? <laughs> what do they what do they mean? And um, and again, I guess I'm keeping uh, bringing uh, again back to the whole role that nature plays in our in our mental well being. So I wondered if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about that.
1: Well, I think um, you know. I certainly, again, going back to growing up in the context of the Christian Church, mm-hmm. um, the teaching was all about God out there, transcendent, Let's... something out there, and that yes, you kind of reach out there, and uh, and that was. You know, that was the mystery. They were angels up there. You're you kind of praying to something in the sky. and away. Far away. Um, mm-hmm. far away. Mm-hmm. And, whereas imminence is the here and now. Mm-hmm. It's the concrete. It's the matter. It's the mm-hmm. body, you know. Mm-hmm. There, the matter and the earth are all kind of one.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um doesn't that make just so much more sense in a way? Yeah. <laughs>
0: that right. sacredness and divinity can be in yeah. the here and the now here and now not not just far away in in the you know in the sky unreachable
1: yes mm-hmm. yes and i mean i think there are moments when the divine and the human kind of cross and you know you've had uh, a particular special kind of a time in your life yeah. But overall, um, where we can be uh, present in our body, in our mm. matter,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, relate to, you know, mat- mother as matter, mm-hmm. and earth as matter, that is so grounding and so beautiful and so rich that that just makes a lot more sense to me than something that's way far away and mm-hmm. you can't really
0: grab a hold of, you know. somehow we fell into the dualistic thinking of if we want to lift up this perhaps you know of a, a sky divinity that we have to denigrate then this yeah yes. uh, you know the 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 earth is sacred and and gaia um so it's just an unfortunate trap i think we fall into Yes, yeah, so we've
1: learned so much from our First Nations uh, communities about all my relations mm-hmm. that we're everything's connected mm-hmm. the animal world, the insect world, the ancestral world, the human right. world, we're all in a circle. It's all my relations. Right. All my relations is where spirituality moves and grows and has its being. You know, and I certainly grew up with. No, it's God the Father who moves and grows and has. Mm-hmm. Its and that's that's not part of me, really. Right. So I think, you know, the divine feminine is just, there's just a resurgence now, I think, on in our culture, on the planet of women saying, you know what? And men, too. Um, we, we want an embodied life. We mm-hmm. want an embodied spirituality. We want mm-hmm. something it's in the here and now that we can feel and touch Mm -hmm. and cry and celebrate Mm -hmm. and uh and and the god goddess is is
0: there yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i agree it's very exciting um well and and again circling back to your work and um and uh, to Sophia and Sophia's return, which is the the book that you've put together and offered out to us, would you would you mind maybe we've you know you've talked about it a little bit, but um, do you want to share uh, a little bit more about it?
1: Um, well, for sure. I mean, I, as I as I said, I was I had the great privilege of. Um, First of all, facilitating for many years in the context of a social work career, women's circles. Mm -hmm. And after I refired my life, I thought, you know, I still want to be part of women's circles, but let's make it spirituality based Mm -hmm. and um, and supportive that way. So it was just a really 10 year, beautiful, rich experience. But every time we had a ceremony, I'd be, you know, running to the photocopy shop and getting fresh new. Right. Programs, and then we hand them out right. around the circle and you know and the whole time I was doing that I thought you know someday I, I just need to put all these in one place right
0: right so bring that, it all together you
1: can, you can hand just hand the book out around the circle and, and right. everybody's got it and that that's how Sophia's return started uh, mm-hmm. but when I started that process just of you know putting them all together and taking them to a photoshop or a print shop I thought well maybe i should write a little introduction in case somebody wants right. to do this doesn't know how to you know right. what do you, you need to get a, a little circle going So mm-hmm. oh, i wrote a little introduction and and then i um asked a friend of mine who's an editor if she would have a look at what i would written and also just kind of look through the ceremonies to make sure that i you know it, it sure dramatically correct
2: yeah yeah and she said
1: um Oh, and, like what I really and the ceremonies are really good, but I really loved what you had to say about how to yeah. do this. Yeah, some more. And so, you know that's where what happened was I just kept mm-hmm. writing, I kept meeting with her. Mm-hmm. and there became really a whole kind of chapter about women's spirituality, my journey to find the goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've added in the book, Places where, so like a little workbook, you know, you, mm-hmm. can, you can put your own notes about your own spiritual journey because everybody's a little different. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we put eight ceremonies in there and included a maiden mother and crone ceremony as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because in my circle, we had two young girls. Uh, and around the age of 13, that's a really beautiful opportunity. Yeah surround um, girls that age as they have their moon time and as mm-hmm. they're transitioning into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Ceremony in there, about what a maiden ceremony looks like. And then having a ceremony for mothers that's not just a baby shower, you know, giving right. them nice gifts for the baby, but right. a whole ceremony. Around, what's this going to mean in your life now? Yeah. Honoring yeah. your body and you know, yeah. honor your woman comes to the mothering ceremony and we did, we've done them here, you know, and really pregnant and, and there's drumming and rattling around the womb. And there's just Mm like, you know, hoping for a, you know, a quick birth and Mm -hmm. uh, so real honoring of that passage into motherhood. Mm -hmm. Croning ceremonies that, you know, got a sample in the book about a crone ceremony and I've Mm -hmm. attended so many crone ceremonies now, but, um, and that's just a way to crown a woman as a wise woman in her, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever.
0: Right, um, right.
1: So, you know, the book just ended up taking on a life of its own. And um, and then I just, I had it published through Friesen Press in Victoria, British Columbia. And,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, what I say to women about doing this kind of thing is the secret to getting a book published is you have to write the book.
0: Right. That's right. <laughs> yep.
1: yep. yep. <laughs> so it was just a really creative exercise. And now it's, you know, people can buy it on Amazon or at Fries and Press or through me. And it's amazing. I mean, you know, we live in a small global village now. Yeah. Somebody has it in New Zealand and somebody has it in rural Kentucky. And, and what women say is, Oh, thank goodness. Um, I can see a little bit of my story here. You know, right. I had to drop right. out of church, or yeah. Uh, and and I, and I don't want to give the message though that you, you know, if you are wanting to host a God of Spirituality circle, that it means you've left the church. I mean, there's ah, still a that's lot a, of women, that's right, like who's yep. continue to be nourished through yep. the church. And there's some wonderful, congregate faith based communities, and occasionally I go and enjoy mm-hmm. the singing so mm-hmm. it's not either or but it's right. um, but it's a way to kind of bring it into your home and mm-hmm. uh celebrate it with other women mm-hmm. and, and interesting mm-hmm. somewhere along the line I ended up living at a retreat center with my late husband and I wanted to create a circle and the only people available might tell this story in the book was the farmer and his wife Dave right. and Marie Right. And I said to Dave, and Marie was interested. And I said to Dave, "Would would you like to be part of a goddess circle?" And he said, "Yes, yeah, absolutely." So you know, we started a little circle, and and he mm-hmm. was part of it. So this does this whole journey doesn't have to exclude, men. Right. right,
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's important that remembering that sort of opening up of the of the boundaries. Um, or what you know boundaries we might we might just almost out of habit want to want to place um I I agree I I love having um, the you know the outline of the wheel of the year and 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 the ceremonies and as a it's a fabulous resource um but the story is really compelling and um, so, for you to have shared that and you know we were able then to read it and and resonate with the parts that are similar to to ourselves and um you know shed some light on our own journey which mm-hmm. is I think really really helpful and and a lovely offering um to do and um so I'm guessing there's more in in the works um purple goddess enterprises um, is there anything else you wanted to share or like how people can get in touch with you? Um, th- those kinds of things. Sure. Well, my website
1: is uh, purple And what I say is everybody's their own guru. And I've, mm. I've had to be mine and you can be yours too. So mm-hmm. mostly people can contact me um, through my website. And also I'm on Facebook and Instagram at and purple goddess. And I've started this wonderful Facebook group, closed group you have to apply to get in, Juicy Crone Nation. Juicy
0: Crone Nation.
1: Juicy Crone Nation. Facebook. So look for Purple Goddess, Juicy Crone Nation, and that's a wonderful community of Juicy Crones. Oh,
0: (laughs) excellent. Well, we'll make sure to put links in the, the description of the episode, make it handy for people to to find you and, and connect with you. Um, I'm That's just um, thankful for you to that. You've joined me and had this conversation. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say before we, before we wrap things up? Well, thank you so much for the
1: opportunity. And it's, um, you know, my goal in doing the book and in the work I do is to encourage women to be their own guru and to live right. a lot of right. inspired life. And, mm-hmm. um, to be all that they can be, and hopefully my life is, you know, just a small example of what you can do when you kind mm-hmm. of shift the focus to the divine feminine and the goddess mm-hmm. within you. It's a very powerful energy, and mm-hmm. I like to see that it's um, uh, really growing on the planet right now. I'm not mm-hmm. just thrilled really to be a small part of it, but it's a growing mm-hmm. movement. So here's to the goddess and. Here's to creating sacred ceremonies and uh, celebrating the earth and our body and spirit. It's just, it's a beautiful journey.
0: I hope you enjoyed our time with Purple Goddess as much as I did. Be sure to check out her website and contact information in the episode description. Uh, And especially be sure to take a look at her book, Sophia's Return. It just has so much valuable information for connecting with the feminine divine and tapping into the cycles of nature. I like to end our time together with some kind of exercise or reflection that supports or nurtures the connection between our mind and body. I feel it is important to not just talk about embodiment. Um, It's easy to fall into the trap of only thinking about it, which then can keep us further disembodied. So let's take some time now to pause and sit with and be with our body, to practice living from the inside out. As Purple Goddess reads for us, the charge of the goddess.
1: This is the charge of the star goddess, which is part of every circle and ceremony from Sophia's return. It's a famous poem or an oral uh, incantation uh, adapted by Starhawk, and it's sort of like um, it's sort of like a creed or a beautiful nature prayer that we say whenever we have a, a ceremony um, related to the Celtic Wheel of the Year. Let us read the sacred words that bind us together in our love of the divine feminine. Here are the words of the great goddess, the great mother of the universe, Gaia, Yamaya, Spider Woman, Mary, Isis, Kuan Yin, known by a thousand names across geography and time. Whenever you need anything, once a month, and best when the moon is full, and eight times of the year, You shall meet in some safe place to celebrate my spirit, I who am queen of all women. You shall meet in freedom. Sing, feast, dance, make music and love all in my presence. For mine is the ecstasy of the spirit and joy on earth. My only law is love unto all. Mine is the secret that opens on the door of birth, In mine is the mystery of life that is the cauldron of Hecate, the womb of immortality. I give knowledge of the all-creative spirit, and beyond death I give peace and reunion with those gone before. Nor do I ask any sacrifice, for I am the mother of all things, and my love is the breast milk that nourishes the earth. I am the beauty of the green earth and the white moon among the stars and the mysteries of the waters. I call upon your soul to arise and come unto me, for I am the soul of nature that gives a life to the universe. From me all things proceed and unto me they must return. Let my worship be in the heart that rejoices, for behold, all acts of love and pleasure are my rituals. Let there be beauty and strength, power and compassion, honor and humility, mirth and reverence within you. And you who seek to know me, know that your seeking and yearning will avail you not unless you know the mystery. For if that which you seek you find not within yourself, you will never find it without. For behold, I have been with you from the beginning, and I am that which is attained at the end of desire. Blessed
0: be. Such beautiful and powerful words. I have such gratitude to Purple Goddess for sharing with us. For that which you seek, if you do not find it within you, you will never find it without. Oh, I love that so much. I feel it speaks to what I've been trying to articulate about how it is important to not only go out into the natural world, but to also remember we are of the natural world. All the beauty, all the wonder that we see when we encounter the most spectacular views and vistas is available to us anytime if we open our eyes and hearts to the truth of ourselves. And with that, our time together comes to an end. Thank you for joining me today. Feel free to reach out via my website, GaiaTherapy.net or sign up for my newsletter to get regular updates. Links to both are in the episode description. And once again, uh, most heartfelt uh, thank you to Purple Goddess for joining us and um, our wonderful conversation. So as we bid goodbye, may you experience your body as safe, sacred, and sovereign space.